Warning, the following program has been rated M for mature due to language, vulgarity, and sexual innuendo. Welcome to the highlight of your week. They are the truth seekers looking to change the world for the better. Using the latest research and groundbreaking science, they seek to inform the simpletons. They dream of a day filled with gays, where women get paid like dicks and religion doesn't try to fuck kids. They are the intellectual saviors! Prepare yourself for atrociousness. All phasers set to fuck. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. I am one of your hosts, Eric, and I am Michael. I am also Michael, but my name is Boggs. Also, what? What? Hmm? So the confusing. F- the fuck just happened. So confusing. Anyway, we's got an interviews for yous. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're not gonna take too long, and then we'll get into that because we haven't done interview in a while. Yeah, it's been. Long time. When was our last fucking interview? I don't know, man. It's just too much work, and we don't really care. <laughs> we really gave up. Like we would that, that stretch, or like we're gonna have a bunch of people on, and it was just like hey, it's just too. We much did have a bunch of people on. Oh, I know. It was, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. Maybe now since we have more like met a lot of cool folks, talked about all kinds of stuff, shit on religion a lot. Yeah, it since, was awesome. Since we have more stable schedules now, we'll probably try and work in a few here and there. Actually, we got back-to-backs as well, one this week, and then we got yep. one next week. So it's yep. going to be fucking interview parade for the bitches out there. Absolutely. Um, I guess I'll do the plugs off the bat. Be sure to follow us at the Intel Saviors uh, and on Facebook. And also, this is the last week I'm putting this out. I threw it up on the Facebook and the Twitters today. Uh, if you want to be on the show, let us know because next week we're going to start emailing people back because yes. we got to get set up because we are literally just a touch over, uh, yeah, over a month Three away. Three-year anniversary show extravaganza. Yeah. yeah. If this show we is should, a baby. Can we call it like the uh, third-year anniversary scratch and sniff edition? Sure. We can do that. Boggs, what do you think of that? He's not even that's, paying that's attention. That's fine. Or oh uh, third anniversary um, fully interactive with full release. Okay, I like that. It's, that's a little long. Oh, uh, Well, we can do, yeah, thir- three-year anniversary, you know, this time with happy ending. Third-year anniversary, come touch boxes, chode. Oh, he would love love that. (laughs) Oh, he'd love that. So, the only thing I really want... Just brainstorming. I wanted to talk about before we get started, because I asked the boys before we got going on this, because the Republican debate was last night, the first one, and so I said, because we're a political show, do you guys pay attention to it? And of course, I get the resounding no. I was working, asshole. (laughs) I don't give a shit about the Republicans. It's supposed to... But you guys are supposed to be informed for the show. How are we supposed to talk about stuff... And the peeps want to know our opinions. Was work. I did see a, um, political facts, you know, that a lot of them lied and no. fudged stats. Some of them no. took credit for things that they had no business taking credit for. I think no. Jed Bush talked about tax cuts in Florida, and a huge percentage of it was real estate tax that was mandated by the federal government. <laughs> don't, don't worry about that. So, don't I mean, worry about that. The big yeah. thing to come out of it, because it was bland. I mean, you had... They, okay, so there's 17 Republicans run. So what they did is they took the top 10 in the polls. Yeah. Fox like left out senators, governors, and all kinds of other important people, and then had some fuckstick who cheated his way to his billions of dollars on and, there instead. Who are, you ta- who are you talking about, sir? I don't know. Just some dude. Hmm. So they had the the seven that didn't didn't make the cut, including our great ex governor Rick Perry. <laughs> Oh, it makes me so happy. They had them on first, and they actually, it was really funny because they did like a pre-debate. Oh, yeah, so they, they had, had the happy hour debate. So they had them in the hall beforehand, and there was nobody in the hall. It was just them on stage with the panel giving them questions. It's like, how ridiculous is that? So anyway, they're terrible humans, and they'll all, none of them make good presidents. So they're, they don't count. So the main stage, though, this is the fucking thing I saw today, and I, I got this numbers for you. You're not going to believe this. 24 million people watched that debate last night. 24. It's the highest rated non-sports telecast in cable history. 
it get, it was twice as many people viewed that as the final debate between Obama and Romney last time in the presidential debates. That's insane. That is pretty crazy. And why do you think that is, Boggs? Why do you think so many people tuned in to watch last night? Because Trump was there. They wanted to yeah. see a train wreck. Yeah. And they didn't get a chance to fully see one because since there's 10 fucking candidates, they only got like four questions each and they only got to speak for about a minute and a half. But that was still plenty of time for uh, Trump to get so much gold in. You know, one thing I realized, because I didn't really watch the first debate too much. I just saw highlights from it. But Fox News had an agenda last night, big time. They went after Trump big time. Like Megyn Kelly was the one that seemed to ask him all the questions and they were intentionally hitting him with questions to make him just look like the piece of shit he is, of course, but to catch him in lies. Like they're asking about the whole immigration thing, how he knows that it's nothing but Mexico sending rapists and murderers up and stuff and how he can, can you provide facts? And then she went after him about all the tweets and things he said about women in the past, you know, which of course he said that he is only talking about one in particular woman. I believe it was Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, and Megyn Kelly's like, no, it was more than just her. But, I mean, they were going after him hard. And they would ask the other candidates questions that you knew were directed at Trump to get them fighting with him. So it's like you could just see that, like, the Republic. I mean, we all know Fox News is the, you know, the, like the propaganda arm of the Republican Party. You could tell that they went to him and said, we need to knock this motherfucker down a peg. We cannot have him <laughs> in our fucking primaries. So they went after him hard, but you know what? He came out and he just talked the same shit he always does, and fucking people love it. And all the headlines this morning were talking about how Trump dominated the debates and stuff. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, the the claim and, like, the, I don't know, the, the respect that's given because he's honest is shocking. Have you heard people say that, Michael? He's not honest, though. <clears throat> I mean, he says... He's Shit a, off the cuff. He, you know what? At least he's a straight shooter. At least he tells you what he feels. You know what I mean? Okay. We don't get that. And it's like, fuck you, dude. What he's telling you is he's a goddamn asshole. Yeah, you're right. He tells you what he feels. He doesn't tell you the truth. You got that right. So anyway, all I can say is I love the fact that there's going to be like eight more of these things. Uh, it's just going to get better and better. Because as the candidates start falling to the wayside, it's going to be more Trump in everyone's debates. <laughs> I got to say, man, I think the hope for the party is that either Scott Walker or Jeb Bush will step up and take it. And I'm going to say Jeb Bush, very unimpressive. I've never seen him debate before, but they always say, like, he's the smart Bush, you know? I mean, how, dude, I mean, a fucking not, lump of shit. Not sh- a whole lot of competition yeah. there. A lump of, a lump of <laughs> shit with the last name Bush would yeah. be the smart Bush. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You're not going to fool me again. Well, Remember it, that shit? watch this fucker get elected, <laughs> then that'll be full the third time. But he he was just very sad. He he was basically George W., only he could actually pronounce his words correctly. That was about the only difference, really. So, good good luck to the Republican Party. You guys are fucked. Yeah. And get ready for the Democrats. I got six... Uh, six Debates coming up. Who do you uh, who do you want to see? Snap. Who do you want to see debate with Bernie on the Republican side? Um, I don't know. I don't think any of them can hang with him. I I have to say this. I think Scott Walker is probably one of the biggest piece of shits. I mean, like he's because he's unassuming. Like Ted Cruz is in your face piece of shit. You know what I mean? Donald Trump's in your face piece of shit. We know anybody in the Bush family is just a horrible human. So, but Scott Walker's. He's kind of got that droopy dog look about him, and he's pretty well spoken. But under not, you know, underneath his skin, he's just he's a fucking puppet of the Koch brothers, and he's just pure fucking evil. And I think he could win people over because he actually can actually put sentences together, and uh, he can articulate. Yeah, I I have to say, watching the debate last night, like everything he says is bullshit, and I hate his fucking face. I hate looking at him, but when he talks, at least. If you close your eyes, he is the smart-sounding one on that stage by far. <laughs> I mean, it's not really even close. Yeah. So he's one I kind of worry about a little bit, but um, because he has, he'll have the big backing with the Koch brothers. He'll have all the financial needs, means, and you know he's been a governor for I think three terms now, and so I don't know. He's one that worries me a little bit. Um, Jeb Bush really doesn't worry me. I don't think he's going to get the nod after watching that performance last night and some of the shit he's already said and. The first couple months of campaign, and he just, uh, yeah, I think the Bush dynasty is uh, dying with this one. So, good luck to him. 
Hope they all die. Wow. I mean, a little strong. I mean, they all lose. Honestly, though, they'll they'll probably thrust us into a war that we don't need to take a part of. So I certainly hope they all lose. Well, so anyway, that's uh, now we're up to speed on debate talk and stuff. So I guess fuck this. Let's go ahead and get into the interview. That's why everybody wants to hear. They want to hear about uh, our our Lord, our Dark Lord Satan, right? Isn't that what we <laughs> all want to hear about? It's what everybody wants to hear about. So anyway, so let's go ahead and make kick sure it off to grab there. your kids, folks. Oh yeah, get the kids indefinitely um, before you know because they need to hear this before we sacrifice them and eat them. All right, folks, enjoy the interview. Okay, joining us now is Lucian Greaves, who is one of the co-founders and spokesman for the Satanic Temple. Um, first of all, I want to say thanks for coming back on the show. You're with us about a year and a half ago, and. Um, I did want to say one thing before we start, because we talked about the elections a little bit before we started the interview with you, and um, I have to say, I watched it last night, I don't know if you did, but I have to say, I saw you a couple weeks ago on uh, talking to Megyn Kelly, and you definitely handled her a lot better than Donald Trump did last night, <laughs> so I want to give you kudos for that. <laughs> but um, I Actually, I didn't see the debates, but I feel like we're, we're on a, you know, we kind of have a media time bomb going on right now. I think it's only a matter of time before one of the GOP candidates says something stupid about us, and then we're all over the news again. I can see it happen. And like I said, one of the things we're going to talk to you about uh, later on, we'll definitely pull into the politics of that's going on right now, especially within the Republican Party and some of these candidates. Um, uh, I guess I'll let I'll kind of turn it over to Eric because last time you were on with us, poor Eric didn't get a chance to talk to you. I know he really wanted to, so we're going to yeah, let him kind of. Yeah, I was I was very disappointed I got to miss, but I'm glad that you came back on, so I have a chance to chat with you. Um, I know My that uh, you know you recently mm-hmm. unveiled the uh, Baphomet uh, statue in Detroit. Um, how was that experience for you, and and were you at all disappointed that it wasn't unveiled in Oklahoma like originally planned? Well, the unveiling would be separate from having it erected anyway. We, we always plan to have the unveiling somewhere outside of Oklahoma, and then uh, we, we wanted to have the unveiling take place uh, sometime within the same time frame we would have filed a lawsuit against Oklahoma. So originally our plan was that uh, when we first started planning to do the unveiling in Detroit, we also had our lawyer working on the lawsuit being drawn up against Oklahoma for refusing to hear our application to have the, the monument erected next to the Ten Commandments. So that was the plan going into the unveiling, is that um, it would also be celebrating the fact that that lawsuit was now in motion. But um, to our surprise, the Oklahoma Supreme Court ruled uh, sometime within that planning phase that the Ten Commandments were unconstitutional uh, according to the state constitution of Oklahoma and that they needed to be taken off the public ground. So that being the case, we couldn't go forward with our application to put up our monument either. Yeah, and I saw recently that they're like refusing to take them down. Um, so who knows? You may actually get to do it. <laughs> well, the, the Supreme Court of Oklahoma has already spoken on that as well. The, the governor's refusal to, uh, to accept that they, they ruled against the Ten Commandments uh, and the attorney general's refusal to recognize the same. Um, so they're not going to rehear the case. So that, that really says that the Ten Commandments need to come down or, or the executive branch of the Oklahoma state government is, is, is uh, working outside of the law just to keep this up and, and they're failing to uphold the oath of office they, they've uh, you know both this both the governor and the attorney general swore an oath to uphold the state constitution and, and not to rewrite it to their to their own liking which is what they actually want to do they want to rewrite the state constitution just for the benefits of the ten commandments being there and i, I really hope this backfires against them i know they're they're really hoping to appeal to their religious base, but I think at a certain point, they're going to have a breaking point as well. There were Christians against the Ten Commandments being there to begin with, because the argument was that this was not a religious monument, that it was uh, a historical mm-hmm. secular document that, that uh, deserved placement because it speaks to the codification of judicial law. And uh, some Christians took offense at the idea that this wasn't a religious monument. 
and I think at a, at a certain point too, um, the the deeply conservative crowd that usually gravitates towards uh, uh, Christian extremism also embrace uh, constitutional values, aren't used to being on the wrong side of them anyway, and they could uh, uh, they could begin to take offense at the idea of their their government one way or the other trying to act as the arbiters of what is proper political or religious expression on the public grounds. You guys, just kind of going back to the unveiling, see, this is a little bit different, I'll say, because when you guys were going to do the unveiling there in Detroit, of course, and I don't know how many people probably kept up with it, with the stories, but of course you had Christian groups there protesting and threatening to destroy the statue and you know, burn up the statue. I don't know. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that they're throwing out. You know, very Christian, you know, things. And uh, so what? You, why don't you guys, because you guys are the evil Satanists, why don't you guys uh, get a little rally together, get some torches, and go after the Ten Commandments and take that down? <laughs> I mean, that's what the Christians wanted to do to your Baphomet statue. I mean, eye for an eye, right? <laughs> well, no, we're, we're actually taking the higher ground, and, no, and everybody asks, well, Everybody asks about our monument, the safety of it being erected. And, mm-hmm. uh, aren't we concerned that somebody's going to bomb it, vandalize it, or tear it down? And if that happens, so be it. I mean, then we we know where we stand. That's part of the narrative. Then uh, the the world really is watching, though. The unveiling event uh, that was international news. That wasn't just national news. I, I have gotten links from people all around the world. Um, Le Monde or Spiegel and in Malaysian papers, just everywhere was talking about it. And I, I think I think the world is generally mystified by the, the Christian reaction to us. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the civilized world is, is mystified in general by the religiosity of, of the United States. Yep. And, and uh, wonder how this this explicitly secular republic of ours could have the problems that we do with these Christian jihadis running around. But I, I think uh, actions like what we're doing really brings that to the forefront and really shows them for who they are. We had these uh, these terroristic threats against our event. Um, arson, bombing, destruction of all types were being threatened against us, which uh, made us go through all these precautions when we were putting our event in order. We did it old-school rave style, which is something... Uh, Detroit is very familiar with. We got a a warehouse location for the event, which um, may not have been entirely legal for this kind of event to take place in. Mm-hmm. But we had a decoy venue um, put forward to the ticket holders where they first came and were processed, went through a security check, showed their tickets, and then they were given the actual location to go to. But as a method of trying to... Uh, weed out any religious radicals who might be coming through getting a ticket and trying to get there just to broadcast it to uh to other people and undermine the event we actually drew up a contract of uh transfer of the soul to satan we had them (laughs) sign away their souls to satan for receiving the actual location and even then, we still thought it would only really be a matter of time before they learned where it was. Yeah. And hopefully we would have gotten to the unveiling by that point, And, you know, we'd see how it played out. But um, really, for the most part, the entire night, the uh, protesters were confined to the wrong location um, where they stood out in the pouring rain, uh, not protesting the actual event at all. So the, the entire thing went off... Um, far better, uh, far better than I may have thought. It was, we, it actually came to, came out to be the uh, the best case scenario for how it turned out. Amazingly enough, it was a, it was a lot of stress getting there. The last venue to pull out on us actually only pulled out like a couple days before the event, and it was just very lucky that we were able to secure a different location after that. But yeah. the, but that was the level of fear from uh, venue owners. Oh, I can and, imagine. Uh, and even even warehouses that would house these kinds of uh you know semi legal uh party slash rave events they they wanted nothing to do with it and in fact uh the the place we did use was under new ownership fairly new ownership and um the uh previous owner i guess they they had the building in their family for uh, a couple generations or something like that 
and realizing that their location was used, they've now paid to uh, have somebody go to the place and remove any uh, any signage or evidence of their their name from the premises. <laughs> Guilty by association, <laughs> right? <laughs> no doubt. No, I love the fact. I you know, I read the, the all the issues you guys are having about you know people pulling out at the last second, you know, giving you the oh we didn't know that they were into this and that, and I I just. It's amazing how you had to jump through the hoops that you had to do, like, you know, do the secret locations. And I mean, I love the little added touch about signing the soul away document and stuff that to me, I love that. That was that's hilarious. Um, but, um, you know, the sad thing is some of these Christians are so insane that that probably was enough to keep them, you know, away. So uh, from trying to get in and sabotage the event. But uh, I did see some vine footage of it. I don't know if you guys wanted footage getting released, but I did see some vines that people had taken stuff from within and. Uh, it did look like it was a pretty raucous event. I have to say, I I wish I could have been to that. <laughs> I think it would have been pretty fun. Well, you'll be able to see a uh, you, you'll be able to see much more of the event in in October or December. Um, you know, a lot of media wanted to attend. And anytime we do an event, we we generally don't want media there because there's a t- if you allow all the media there. It's, it's going to compromise the event. You know, you have a semicircle of, of cameras and, and photographers in front of the stage, and mm-hmm. it, it just ruins the energy, and people can't move around as much. And, you know, then, then it's an event being... It's more of a staged event than something that's happening actually in real time. We don't want that. But we did give uh, uh, Lisa Ling exclusive rights to the, the show, and, and they brought a couple camera people who you know, agreed not to get in the way and, and stayed off to the side and, and, and captured everything. And that will air on, uh, in our documentary about it will air on CNN in either October or December. And, okay. and Lisa Ling, I don't know if you're familiar with her work, but she was, she was really, really great. Very, uh, very understanding and, and seemed supportive of everything we were doing. And she also went out and talked to the protesters and talked to, the pastor who was putting together the protests. I don't know if you saw any news about that. Yeah, I did. I, I, I saw him yeah, actually yeah. on one of the uh, local TV shows with, um, I, I don't want to get her name wrong, Jex Blackstone? Was it? Jex Blackmore. Blackmore, sorry. Yeah, I saw yeah. Uh, the uh, I saw the clip with her on there as he talked over the whole time and wouldn't let her talk. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was quite a character. Well, right, and he he seemed to not understand what he was talking about from the very beginning. He seemed to be under the impression that the monument was being unveiled publicly in Detroit, where it was going to stand on public grounds. At mm-hmm. least that's what he seemed to be implying. And then he was complaining that Detroit didn't need this with all its its uh, economic problems and everything else, which I didn't understand unless he was under the impression that we were receiving any public funds, which we also weren't. So none none of what he seemed to be complaining about seemed to be uh, very informed anyway, and then um, we started getting these all these uh, threats of violence mm-hmm. following him uh, trying to rouse the crowd's fears, and so I, I I reached out to him directly many times asking him if he would just publicly condemn the violent threats that he knew were happening. You know the press was reporting on these. And he, he refused to do that. In fact, he, he seemed to double down when they released a video, him and his, his flock of other clownish pastors, about how they weren't going to allow this to happen. And they used a, uh, a gunshot blood splatter motif throughout, oh. the, uh, throughout the video. No, I missed so, that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think this will go over very well when all is said and done. I know there's many people writing about the activities of the satanic temple and there's going to be books out i'm sure mm-hmm. and the lisa link piece is going to be out and i i don't think any i don't think most people who who uh explore this are going to be very sympathetic to the way the pastor handled this at all i think it's it's really going to backfire on his his credibility and reputation are you surprised that, I, I at their outreach of violence that. what's that are you surprised at them using violence as a means here um, no, I, I'm not surprised at the sentiment, but I am surprised at the lack of uh, PR savvy to be so blatant about it. Um, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, I, uh, 
I, I, I think in, at their core, they, they're certainly no better than any other religious terrorist. I, I think their motivations are the same. Their, their thought processes are the same. But, um, but I, I think they're, they're really blind to, uh, to the overall impression this gives to, to the general rational populace and that this, this will backfire on them. Um, so I obviously know that you all are big supporters of uh, gay marriage. And obviously earlier this year, we had a huge win for everybody who views everyone as equal. Um, in your eyes, how do the people that are crying the, their religious freedoms are being infringed upon because they have to issue marriage licenses or they have to bake a cake for a gay couple? What are your thoughts on those people and the mentality that they have? I mean, do you really think that they honestly believe it or do you think it's just some way to mix the dialogue up to make it seem like they're not just bigoted assholes? Well, I think it starts out as a way to mix the dialogue out, uh, mix the dialogue up, and then they believe it. Uh, you know, I started out doing this thinking that um, I would be arguing with politicians who knew better than their general flock, uh, especially in Oklahoma when I was going to argue the case against the Ten Commandments or the case for Baphomet being placed on public grounds, and. Um, I was on Huffington Post Live one time with a character from the state legislature in, in Oklahoma, and I, I really wanted to be on top of my game because I thought that th this man was probably no stranger to political debates, and, and it's not something I do often, and I thought he stood a chance of, of you know throwing me some really uh, bizarre curveballs that would just work to, to throw me off and, and make me look like a fool. Um, that didn't turn out to be the case at all. Uh, and the more I do talk to people in these government offices who are pushing these little theocratic agendas, the more I'm beginning to realize they, they really are stupid. They really are dumb. <laughs> well, it's just, it's like I brought up the Megyn Kelly thing. It's anytime I've seen you do these interviews or be on these shows, it's, I think right off the bat, they just say, Oh, here comes the satanic temple guy. And they just automatically think, you know, this guy's an idiot. He's just, you know, we can just walk over him. I don't think they understand that you are very educated, actually. And when you get out there and you can actually recite law and the way the Constitution works and you can match them and go one better than them, it kind of throws their game off. And it is pretty funny. You do make people look silly, which, I mean, that's what I said. I liked watching that thing with Megyn Kelly because you made her look silly on the whole Constitution thing between federal and state. And she's just like, yeah, I think I know what I'm talking about. It's like, no, you don't. Well, what I heard it do... Um, you know, I would have argued it differently had I known that she would cut the interview off so short. Mm -hmm. You know, I was trying to dismiss her stupid questions at the beginning just to get to the to the heart of the matter. And then as soon as we started getting anywhere at all, she called off the interview. But, um, you know, she was saying that the Supreme Court had upheld the right of the Ten Commandments to be on, on public grounds in, in Austin, Texas, which is true. But uh, something I didn't mention but could have is that that uh, finding in, in Texas was uh, viewed through the lens of a, a, uh, a specific case. You know, this was a narrow view taken, and uh, there was nothing in that ruling that would, uh, that would restrain Baphomet from being placed there. In fact, the, the ruling was upheld only because there were multiple monuments on those grounds. So there's nothing in the uh, Texas ruling that goes against our argument, that invalidates our argument for placing Baphomet on the public grounds. There you go. The if you need yeah, a place, the, why don't you bring it down here, because we'd love to show up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Since, okay. The reason I didn't mention that, though, um, and, and simply instead uh, tried dismissing it by saying that that was a ruling based on the federal constitution, whereas the Oklahoma one was based on the state constitution, and that they were completely different cases and separated, she needed to realize that, was because I was hoping she would come back and say that the state needed to yield to the federal ruling because there's that strong kind of anti-federalist flavor to the Fox News talking heads, and mm -hmm. I thought it would have been very interesting to hammer on her to delineate uh, how far she felt it appropriate for the federal government to dictate to states the the limits and uh, the, the the limits of uh, of their um, 
of their arbitration of, of political and religious speech on their grounds. She didn't want to get into that territory, and that's something I, I kind of I kind of deal with a lot. Uh, early on, as you were saying, I think I was the beneficiary of low expectations. I would go on to do a debate. People would assume that they could beat up on the Satanist and, and look really good, and I, uh, I, I made a couple people look foolish on you know mostly Huffington Post Live, and then uh, and then nobody wanted to debate me at all. And, and you'll see that happening more and more. Um, I was on MSNBC, and uh, I was supposed to be debating with a, a representative of the Catholic Church. And he refused to be on at the same time as me, so he was on in a separate segment afterwards. And that was the same with Megyn Kelly. The, uh, after I spoke with Megyn Kelly, she spoke with uh, a politician from Oklahoma mm-hmm. who, again, refused to debate me on, on Fox. Yep. Not surprised at all. Speaking of our wonderful political landscape that we have going on here in America, where you know we are all joining hands and singing "Kumbaya," um, do you have any ponies in the presidential race? Anybody that you're looking at as like somebody that can actually potentially do good for our country? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm really sad about this. I think this is this one's bound to be a disgrace. This upcoming presidential election. So you don't like Bernie? I I, I like Bernie to a certain degree, but not as much. I think I'm not as enthusiastic as, about him as as many people are. I, and I really don't like. Uh, I, you know, I I don't really like to uh, to uh, dictate politics so much, but. <laughs> There, I'll just say that there's a lot of candidates I don't like, and I, I can't think of a single fool amongst the uh, the GOP candidates who were running yesterday that I don't feel is entirely disgraced. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with you there. There's there's nobody that's really tickling my fancy at all. Did you just no. say tickling my fancy? Yeah. God damn what it! What the hell? <laughs> Jesus, yeah, man, it's really 50s. scary when you have characters like Huckabee even even able to stand there at all. You, well, you know, I'm glad you brought up Huckabee because that kind of goes into kind of what we wanted to get in with you the most of all is um, this whole abortion thing. And Huckabee's the worst on it. I I watched the base last night, and he brought up along with a couple other the GOP candidates about you know it's the whole. Uh, a, a baby is a life at conception, and they want to basically use the Constitution to prove um, that. Whoa, get some feedback. Um, that you know, that personhood amendment stuff, which you've seen, some of the states have tried to pass that. I think I can't remember who it was, Alabama, one of them tried to pass a personhood amendment, and it got shot down, and a couple others. And I know that with all of them now, they're trying to do all these different things for abortion. You know, close down clinics. The, the you know, they're using different rules to get clinics shut down or they're making it where there's these 72 hour waiting periods. They're doing everything they can within their power to basically outlaw abortion. And, um, I know that this is something you guys have gone after. And I know that there is a law particularly in Missouri that you guys are fighting against. And as I, like I said, I don't want to try and explain it because I'm not as smart about these things. And since this is something you're into, I was wondering if you could kind of discuss what uh, Missouri is doing and what you guys are kind of doing to combat it. Yeah, well, it was about a year ago that we uh, we went through our lawyers and came up with an exemption form against informed consent materials related to abortion. Um, actually, informed consent is kind of a misnomer for what this is. Uh, informed consent in usual medical terms just means uh, the information you're provided that tells you the the risks that are are that go along with getting any type of procedure done um you know survival rate uh uh side effects any of those types of things and exactly what the procedure is Uh, the informed consent materials that have come to be state mandated in many states related to abortion are nothing short of uh political religious propaganda and that's what we were saying we uh adherents of the satanic temple could be exempted from is these materials that uh that actually go ahead and define uh, life as beginning at conception, um, go into these rather unscientific statements related to uh, side effects 
they say are supposedly re- related to abortion, such as uh, increased chance of breast cancer, increased risk of suicide, and, and all these types of things. And um, th- these don't have a, a scientific basis. And as one of our tenants holds that you need to um, make decisions based on the best available scientific evidence, we feel that it's against our religious belief to be hit with uh, state-mandated propaganda that is actually contrary to current scientific understanding. And we also have a tenant that states the body is inviolable subject to one's own will alone. Therefore, the choice is, is that of of a woman to make whether she's getting the abortion or not and she doesn't need the impediments of uh, of the state or the propaganda of the state the waiting periods put in place are tied in with the informed consent materials because the waiting periods on abortions are justified by saying that a woman needs this uh, this amount of time whether it's 24 hours in some states I think some are 48 hours in Missouri it's it's 72 hours to consider these materials before having the abortion. Of course, the thinking is that they'll read these materials and come to a different decision, I guess, uh, you know, conclude yeah. not to have abortion and they'll have saved a life. Now, in Missouri, this is particularly egregious because they only have one clinic that uh, performs these services anyway. So a woman can travel a, a great distance to have to come to Planned Parenthood only to pick up the materials and have to come back three days later. She could be missing work. She could have to stay uh, in a hotel. You know, it's obviously just another attempt to dissuade and stop a woman from having an abortion while also giving her this this material that really seems designed to uh, to cause her to be guilt-ridden and, and um, in generally, uh, you know, feel, feel terrible and, and, and abused by the entire process. So it wasn't uh, till more recently, after we had had this it had this exemption form available online, that a woman in Missouri who was a member of the Satanic Temple decided to use it because she was opting to terminate an abortion or terminate a pregnancy in in Missouri. So she went to Planned Parenthood with the exemption form, informed us in advance that she was going to do so. We hurried up to uh, uh, round up our legal representation so we could file the lawsuit uh, immediately after she would be rejected, which of course she was. Planned Parenthood told her that uh, due to state law, they, they couldn't respect her exemption form. So um, what some people don't understand is we're not suing Planned Parenthood, you know. Yeah. Um, that's not how it works. We're, we're suing the state for forcing Planned Parenthood to, uh, to uh, not respect our, our religious rights. So in the state lawsuit that we immediately filed, we're leveraging Religious Freedom Restoration Act, uh, RIFRA. Um, RIFRA was quite, quite the story in Indiana not too long ago when um, uh, they were passing that in place. And, and for some reason, I, I don't really understand why it was a big deal in, in Indiana. Um, you know, people have been passing RIFRA laws all over the country but it was just in Indiana people realized that this was really being put um, to the question because people wanted to be able to discriminate against gay people. And um, so I think most people became aware of RIFRA laws then um, and, and, and with the gay rights cases in general because uh, it seems when people are pushing, you know, when legislatures are pushing for RIFRA laws in their states, that's the case they always bring up. The, the case of the baker having to bake a, a cake for queers that's going to cause him his spiritual corruption to the, to the point where he won't be able to get to heaven anymore or whatever. So people need to be able to have their religious freedom um, restored or respected enough that they can, they can discriminate against people and their businesses or whatever else. But in this case, we were leveraging RIFRA, um, saying that it protects our our religious liberty to not have to uh, to be uh, beaten down by uh, by state propaganda. Actually, no. Rifra became the big story with Hobby Lobby. Um, yeah. Hobby Lobby was was entirely a Rifra case, and and Hobby Lobby was saying that given their religious views, they didn't have to uh, as an employer they didn't have to pay for uh, uh, contraception. contraception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what was interesting about Hobby Lobby which was a fact that makes our case so much stronger, is that Hobby Lobby was claiming that um, 
that certain contraceptives were aborted were abortifacients um, that they caused abortion when in fact they didn't but it was their belief that they did this was what they were saying it didn't matter what the science was they believed these <laughs> contra these contra contraceptives uh, were abortion causing agents and and the court ruled in their favor so when we're arguing that uh that the informed consent materials are not scientific which in fact they're not mm -hmm. um we feel that the RIFRA ruling at least in the hobby lobby case would also prevent us from even having to prove that at all you know why would we have to bring in an expert witness to speak to the science of this when it's our belief that these are unscientific the the uh, informed consent materials so in fact uh um we think and in certain uh Certain legal scholars agree that we even have a stronger case than, than Hobby Lobby, uh, and by far as well. Another interesting thing about Hobby Lobby is um, whoever demanded scriptural evidence for their point of view, where can you find any biblical edicts that support this idea directly that some business entity doesn't need to pay for contraceptives for their employees? I mean, it's, it seems kind of a stretch to work that into your, your Christian belief bias, um, especially when, you know, the Bible really says nothing about abortion. In, in the Old Testament, you do see commentary about how uh, no value is placed on a human life that's under a month old. So it's really hard to contort that into an anti-abortion point of view. That being said, of course, nobody doubts that... Uh, that Christians, for the most part, truly believe that that abortion is wrong and abortion is a sin or whatever. But the informed consent materials, d go, go ahead and define uh, life as beginning at conception, which is a religious point of view, and we're of a distinctly different religious point of view. And it'll be interesting to see if in the legal proceedings that uh, the state is actually going to argue that that's not a religious point of view, because you have to wonder, do they want to take that out of the domain of of religious definition? I mean, they're going to have to take pause and think twice about whether they want to do that. Do they want to take religion out of the equation? Because if they do, um, there's certain areas of this argument in which they might be taking away their leverage as having a religious point of view that's worthy of protection and exemption on their own. And, of course, they're not going to be able to find somebody who's going to scientifically define life as beginning at conception. I mean, maybe they will, but that'll be a stretch. I don't think they're going to find anybody who's going to say that this is unequivocal, you know, that this, that this is a matter for which there is no debate. So I think we have a really strong case. And on the state grounds, we filed a state lawsuit um, immediately after, as I said, her exemption wasn't respected at Planned Parenthood. But some weeks later, we filed a federal lawsuit in federal court uh, against the state of Missouri as well. And that's just a straight First Amendment case. We're okay. saying that, that this goes against our free exercise, that, um, that her termination of her pregnancy can be defined as a religious act, as it's informed by her religious beliefs, um, that she holds the beliefs of the in the tenets of the satanic temple and as such the state has no right to imp impede on on her practice to terminate the pregnancy her her decision to to terminate the pregnancy and that's another thing i it's silly that i have to make this clear but i always do is that we're not favoring of course abortion over live birth it's the decision of the woman that we hold sacred yep so I think in both cases, the state and the federal case, we have we have a very strong case, actually. And um, I am very, very encouraged uh, by by the the work uh, the lawyers have put into this. and and i it'll it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, yeah, it certainly seems like you guys have a excellent case. Um, and I'm pretty sure that you have to go into a lot of explanation about everything you do simply because, everybody you know says you're a satanist and the stigmatizing behind that and all that stuff so i'm pretty sure you get tired of 
just repeating yourself over and over and over. It's like, no, we we're not sacrificing babies, you assholes. <laughs> we're yeah. just trying to protect life and make sure that the woman's decision is protected. Yeah, exactly. I mean, why would you guys want to have abortions? You need those babies for sacrificing. So <laughs> if the women are getting well, abortions, and you know, look at they're, they're, look at uh, some of the ignorant articles. Um, especially look at Breitbart.com. They have some assholes there who are saying that this is this has everything to do with infant sacrifice, and that's exactly what we're doing. You know, they're. <laughs> yeah. There's there's reading between the lines and they're saying that this is exactly what Satanists do yeah. and this is just infant sacrifice to them. Yeah, I, so I told the boys I said this isn't the old days. You guys can't just take a baby out in the woods and chop its head off. So now you got to get it in the fetus. It's just like <laughs> up in the game. Yeah, you just you just take it because the laws. You know, you're just up in the game. You're going with what the law dictates. Sacrifice them in the womb now. <laughs> right, right. So where where can somebody go if they want to help out the Satanic Temple or you know, because I'm pretty sure your lawyers aren't cheap um, <laughs> and going through all that stuff. I mean, do you guys have donations going on or anything like that? Yeah, we do. Check out the uh, the satanictemple.com website. And uh, if you check out shopsatan.com, you can get your yourself some Satan swag and all those proceeds <laughs> also go towards our legal efforts and everything else. So every bit of that is appreciated and it's it's quality merchandise as well. Definitely got to get me some Satan swag for sure. I, <laughs> and I got to say, it's not like you guys aren't getting it. It's just like when you put up the, uh, you had the Indiegogo for the Baphomet. I mean, you guys put out 20 grand. You guys hit that goal uh, fast as hell. And then it looks like now from what I saw, like when you guys did the um, unveiling the other night, yeah. you, the tickets were for donations. You guys raised over 32000 is what I read. Is that correct number? Yeah. Or they, people just making shit up. For, uh, for what the uh, the abortion campaign, the uh, yeah. reproductive right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, we did. But uh, of course, ultimately, these lawsuits are going to cost more than oh, that. Yeah. You burn through that pretty fast, and uh, and the money we made to uh, we crowdfunded to put towards the Baphomet statue <laughs> that wasn't nearly enough. We we needed to throw in a lot of our own money and and uh, and have benefactors and and other donators from from there. But uh, disappointingly enough, uh, with everybody backing out of our uh, our unveiling event and needing to use a decoy location and all of that, it became very clear that we were going to lose a serious amount of money yeah. on just having the event at a certain point. But we pressed forward with it because at that point, it was an act of protest. You know, everybody was trying to shut this event down. Definitely. So yeah, uh, you're just trying to give me this finger. Right, and plus, you know, CNN was there with the cameras rolling and everything. We we wanted people to, it, we we want it. We want people to know that we're going to follow through. Yes. you know, <laughs> at yes. least at least you know you're you're going to get what you pay for when uh, people throw in for that Baphomet monument. You know, we constructed that thing, and, and we are going to do everything we can to have it fulfill its function. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like I said, everybody can go to uh, satanictemple.com and they can go to the link there to do the donations, correct? Yes. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, Lucian, I, like I said, I appreciate you jumping on with us again. Um, like I said, I had you on a while back. It's been a while. It's good to catch up. A lot of things going on. Um, like I said, you guys, it was great. You guys started this. It's basically just to go out and cause chaos for uh, organized religion and their influence on politics. And you're doing a fantastic job in my book. I love what you guys are up to. So, thank you. Thank you. Check in with me again sometime. Definitely will, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, thank you very much. In Texas. I don't know oh, yes, the fuck I you will. would be in Texas, but... <laughs> oh, I think of a million reasons we'd be in Texas. No, no doubt. All right, sir. Thank you very much again for jumping on. I appreciate it. Okay, talk to you later. All right, have a good one. Okay, bye. So, I got to say, I love that guy because he talks and you don't have to. He he knows his details and he gets into stuff and he explains it. He doesn't play around. Yeah. He, definitely knows his stuff because like i've seen him on some shows and you know how it is it's all sound bites like he's like, oh, of course yeah. megan kelly stuff he, he gets a little bit out and people are talking over him that's why we just kind of let him talk and get it out because i think it's fascinating some of the things they do i mean you don't have to agree with the whole premise of everything that they do and the whole which if people don't understand we talked about this when he was on last time 
even though they're called the satanic temple and they're saying they're not satanists they will come straight out and say they yeah don't, they don't believe in a physical satan they don't believe in it they're basically just atheists they they believe it as a, a metaphor for the um unjusted or you know the the exiled of society mm-hmm. and i mean if you look throughout all of human history anytime anything has gone against the social norm for the justice of the people they have always been deemed as a satanist so they're just kind of saying if that's what they're going to call us because we believe in gay marriage or because we think a woman has a right to reproductive rights you know then okay we're just going to go ahead and call ourselves a satanist get it out of the way because they're going to do it anyway so and i mean if if you're on the fence about it go to the website look at their tenants like you can't sit there and read their tenants and say well that's a horrible organization like it's all about being good to other people making sure that you're not infringing upon not only other people but all animals so i mean I don't see how anyone can argue against that, including a Christian. You know, just because they have satanic in the name, <laughs> I yeah. think people automatically turn it off. But you really should check it out. It's uh, I, I, Whenever I went to the website the first time, whenever you guys had them on, mm-hmm. and I was unfortunately unable to make it, um, you know, I went on the website before, and I was shocked and amazed at how rational everything was. Yeah, and but I got it. Once I read everything, mm-hmm. it made complete complete sense to me why they're called the Satanic Temple. So, yeah, I mean, rebellion. Yeah, essentially, yeah, that's all it is, and it, it's great. It gets you the attention. You know, if you just come out as an anti-Christian group or an atheistic group, we see how many atheistic groups are out there that basically are kind of doing the same thing they do. I mean, as far as protesting and getting trying to get out there and spread the word about this this. It's not Christian persecution. It's persecution against everyone who's not Christian. And they try and spread the word on, but you don't hear from them as much. You know, they don't get the publicity. They don't get on the TV. But man, you throw Satanic Temple on it, and they're like, hmm, this is interesting. And then CNN and Fox News and MSNBC and them, they jump. They want to get the, we have the, you know, such and such from the Satanic <laughs> Temple on yeah, next. You it's know, a good and, headline. Yeah, I mean, it looks good and it gets the publicity and everything. It's so. sexy. It is sexy. Speaking of sexy, Boggs is about to <laughs> knock the shit himself with his mic stand, but after he gets it straightened out, he's going to play us a little song. Hey, Boggsy, you going to play us a little song? I wouldn't be that surprised if I were you. About what? Or excited. About what? What, getting a mic about, shoved in your face? My, no, yeah. about my song. <laughs> I was going to say, only you would get excited about that. Put it in my face. No, it's just a, this is just a Smear cover I was doing over me. lately. Just rub it on my cheek. <clears throat> and, Slap uh, it a little bit. Um, what you going to play for us, buddy? Little Black Submarines. Oh. Why has it got to be black? Because that's, because that's the title of the song, idiot. Racist oh, Bogs. Racist Bogs comes out. He's only had one beer. I've had two, but... Oh, shit. Then on black submarines Operator, please Put me back on the line Told my girl I'd be back Operator, please This is wrecking my mind no, can it be? The voice is calling me. They get lost and down of time. I should have seen it glow, but everybody knows that a broken heart is blind. That a broken heart is blind And pick you up, let you down When I wanna go To a place I can hide You know me, I had plans But they just disappeared To the back of my mind And oh, can it be The voice is calling me They get lost and out of time I should have seen it glow But everybody knows that a broken 
broken heart is blind That a broken heart is blind Treasure maps, fallen trees, operator, please call me back when it's time. Stolen friends and disease, operator, please pass me back to my mind. No, can it be? The voice is calling me, they get lost and down of time. Should have seen it glow, but everybody knows that a broken heart is blind. That a broken heart is blind. Can it be? The voice is calling me. They get lost and down of time. I should have seen it glow, but everybody knows that a broken heart is blind. That a broken heart is blind. That a broken heart is blind. Very wow. nice, sir. That was very lovely. Very nice. Now shut the fuck up. It's the dick of the week. Originally, I was going to do a one from last week when I screwed you guys and didn't show up. Um, I was going to do our governor. Why, why, hold on. Why don't you tell all the listeners why, why you didn't show up there, old man? Okay, well... So I thought we were supposed to have an interview because I kind of fucked up and I um, forgot when we had things scheduled. And so I had to do things and I got home and I was going to kind of bone up on it. But then when I realized I didn't have an interview, I was like, I'm going to fucking rest because I had a fucking long week and I was tired. I had things because I took the kid and we did some archery in the morning because we we're going to do it last Saturday. I know all you people out there want to know this. This is very interesting to you. And um, I kind of dozed off. <laughs> <laughs> like we legitimately got worried after a while yeah like when you weren't like we'd call and nothing yeah text nothing well, call again nothing and then like hours passed and i'm like man maybe actually something really did happen to my him. phone was in the kitchen and i was in the bedroom laying down the bed and i got up finally and i was like oh shit and i looked at my phone and you guys had sent messages and stuff and boggs had sent one like asking me if i was okay and stuff and i was like man i'll get back to him after i have something to eat so I let you guys sweat it out a little bit. And then, like, I just started eating, and then my wife called because she just got off work. And she's like, are you okay? I got a message from Box. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm fine, dear. So anyway, so, you know, sorry, guys, but fuck it. So I was going to do our governor here in Texas, uh, Greg, Greg Abbott, the, the next psychopath running our state. They actually had a mental health bill that they had passed and the uh, Texas legislature, which is amazing to get anything done that could be something that's good. I mean, this is something that could save the state some money and, you know, it could possibly save lives. You know, we're always talking about gun control and guns and stuff. And the, probably the biggest thing is it's like you never get guns out of people's hands. But if we could invest more money into mental health and things like that, that could be a huge benefit. So they had something that they were trying to pass. Um, I'm not going to go into all the details of it because I'm just going to mention this because he got superseded today, but he vetoed it because basically there's conspiracies. It's basically jailed Jade Helm. 
Like, he heard all the fucking rumors about how Obama's taking over Texas with Jade Helm, and he kind of got weird and said he's going to put National Guard out there to watch him. Well, there's conspiracy theories about how this was just a way for, um, I guess, the socialist, liberal, communist to use mind control on people through fucking... <laughs> I don't even know. It's very what? complicated. I'm going to tell everybody, just go fucking look up uh, Greg Abbott conspiracy theory on mental health, and it's really a good read, and it's awful legitimate. I got this out of the Dallas Morning News, so you can look that up. I'm not going to go into it. Fuck it. Because today, everybody knows about the Iran deal that's out there. Yes. And, um, of course, you know, the Republicans are going to try to fuck this up, but they need a majority vote, like a two-thirds majority vote, because this is um, a treaty that basically put in place by the administration to block it. So they're going to need Democratic votes, um, which they're going to get some, because you got some Israel-loving um, fucking Democrats that are up, you know, Netanyahu's ass and stuff, too. And so, because we got to keep Israel safe because you know when jesus comes back for the rapture he's going to come to israel and you know hoard up his fucking yenta people and whatever i don't know so chuck schumer who is one of the top leading democratic senators uh, out of new york probably going to be the next uh, senate lead for the democrats came out today and said that he was going to vote against the ron deal because you know, basically, it was a, a deal that was bad for Israel, and it's going to cause war and cause Israel to suffer, and blah blah. blah. Maybe, maybe anything that Netanyahu said about it, that's what he said. And I'm not going to say that's because Schumer is Jewish, but he has mm-hmm. strong ties to Israel. He's very Jewish, and I just see that this is another one of these cases where it's. You know, these some of these fucking people, they're so up Israel's ass in the APAC and fucking Netanyahu and stuff. And I just, it, it's so frustrating to me that he is a leader on the Democratic side and for it to come out and he's getting just blasted. I mean, every news outlet and stuff, every liberal site and stuff is just killing him. And he's one of these fuckers. Every, he can't see a camera and not get excited and want to jump in front of it. Yeah. But man, he is running today from cameras. He won't do interviews or anything. He's staying out of the limelight. Um, and this is the worst time. It's like, you don't, he, I don't care if he votes against it, but wait till the vote comes up before you go against it. You don't start throwing out there. I'm not going to go for it now because that could get some of these moderate piece of shit Democrats that are half conservative anyway to maybe say, well, if he's not going to vote for it, maybe I shouldn't vote for it too. And we just don't need this. It's, it's, let me tell you, diplomacy is the way to go. I don't fucking care what yeah, the Republicans say. I don't understand say. why they don't want to at least give diplomacy a try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then like, you just put sanctions The Republicans talk about how much they're concerned about army vets and all this stuff and blah, 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 even though they don't vote for, you know, taking care of them. But, you know, if you're actually really concerned about it and, you know, you support our troops and all that stuff, well, mm-hmm. support them not going to war at all. How about that? No. How about trying to have diplomacy what's wrong with that well because they support the troops but they support the the big time war machine corporations more <laughs> that give them donations um, well yeah so we got to keep the wars going i'm speaking more to the people not the idiot oh, politicians sorry. i'm just talking about the assholes who actually get a say in the matter who ruin everything yeah. for us but so yeah i am so even though greg abbott's a, a moron and he's just, just he's detrimental to fucking Texas. Chuck Schumer is doing things that could be detrimental to our country and our foreign policy. In my eyes, I mean, I know it's one man and he only has one vote, but like I said, he's a leader for the Democrats, and for him to come out this far in advance of the vote and start ripping the White House, and he's he he was doing that too, ripping them on this uh, this agreement. I just I, I find it it's just uh, it's beyond me fuck him I hope he fucking dies he sucks anyway such bullshit fuck that motherfucker anyway folks hope you enjoyed the show hope you enjoyed the interview man if you didn't fuck you once again if you want to check out anything that Lucian Grease is involved in check out the satanicnipple.com mm-hmm. definitely donate help their endeavors it is a fight for the people not for sacrificing babies. That's right. Because remember, every uh, baby that we kill in the womb is one less baby they can sacrifice to Satan. Yeah, you see, you're actually doing good mm-hmm. against the Satanists. That's what God would want. <laughs> I think that's what that's what God wants. Um, so you may, guys, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you guys know the routine. Follow us on all our shit. Go check them out. Yep. Um, check out our friends, Podblocked. Oh. <gasps> The Canadians. We're gonna have a Canadian on next next week, actually. Yes. Yep. She is Canadian. Um. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um. 
E-Hooser. Go go check out all the uh, crazy shows over at the Digital Frustrations Network. <sighs> including such glamorous titles as Retro... What War- is it? Retro Dudes? Retro Warriors. Retro Warriors. And, Shit. And it's Rockin' Dudes! Rockin' Dudes. That's the one. Um, we the Gamer. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Robocalypse. Yay! And be sure to check out um, me and Box's new endeavor, yes. The Human Challenge. Got our first episode up yes. um, about uh, income inequality, the decline of the middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, like us on Facebook on there as well. I think we're on Twitter, even though I'll probably never be on that. Yeah. But go ahead and do it anyway if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. We'll never be on there, but yeah, probably go not. ahead. Fuck mm-hmm. it. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, Facebook's a way to go with them. Human Challenge. And you can find it through the Intellectual Saviors page. It'll be yes. linked on there, too. So yes. if you have trouble looking them we'll up. We'll be sharing all the posts. But it's uh, yes. uh, the Human Challenge at podbean.com. God damn it. Um, the God damn it part's not part of it. But anyway. Hmm. All right, folks. Have a good one. Where's Boggs? He needs to tell a dad joke before we blow up. Hey, Boggs, what do you think of that? Boggs! Dad joke!